Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's showtime, folks! This is the American Variety Network on Block Talk Radio with Alex Cardinale, live from Springfield, Massachusetts. Happy Halloween from all of us at American Variety Network. <laughs> Hello, saltwater fish keepers, and welcome to another episode of Saltwater Aquarium Hour here live on Aquarium Talk to Podcast, exclusively on American Variety Network, the one and the only original American network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, fish keeper Alex Cardinelli. And it looks like my co-host tonight, Salty J, is not going to make it on the show tonight. He may be working, or he may have had an emergency, or something might have come up, and he couldn't make the show. We know that life happens, but the show must go on. Even though I am a beginner at the saltwater world, I'm still going to do a show on saltwater fish. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Even though I'm a beginner, there is still going to be a saltwater show right here live on the American Variety Network. Now tonight, I'm going to talk about in depth why I got into the saltwater hobby. And then I'll talk about my plans for my saltwater aquarium and why this week is going to be huge for the saltwater hobby for me. And then I'll talk about our topic for tonight's show. I'll talk a little bit about clownfish. I'll talk about damsels. I will talk about tangs. And I will also talk about gobies and angelfish. Now, I'm going to give you some information on the clownfish and on tangs. And I'll give you information on angelfish, gobies, and damsels as well. So this show is going to be a good show. Even though my expert co-host is not here tonight, I'm just going to read some articles and ad-lib in and around those articles with some information on these particular fish for you guys. So hopefully uh, we'll have our co-host next Tuesday right here on the Saltwater Aquarium Hour on the Aquarium Talk podcast, but we're still going to have a good show tonight. Now, if you are an experienced saltwater fish keeper and you would like to fill in for Salty J tonight, please feel free to call in 
at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two and uh, I'd love to have you as a replacement co-host for Salty J tonight to talk to us about clownfish, tangs, damsels, angelfish, and gobies. If not, I'm still going to put together an awesome show. So, without further ado, we're going to get started. But first, we're going to take our introduction plug. And hopefully, Salty J will be on the show right after our introduction. But if not, I'll start the show by discussing why I got into saltwater. And I'll also talk about what I got planned this week for saltwater. So, stick around. You are tuned in live to the American Variety Network here 
live on Blog Talk Radio. With a name like American Variety, you can expect a wide variety of topics. Now, let's get live here on the AV Network. Hi, Jeremy Stillhorn. I'm tuned into the American Variety Network, where I find the show is very educational and entertaining. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? Well, prove it by calling in live at one 347 to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial one 347 and go into a quiet location. Again, that's one 347 Now let's get on with the show. Anything and everything Aquarium Fish. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you Aquarium Talk the Podcast, which is our tropical fish keeping podcast where we will discuss anything from freshwater catfish to freshwater oddballs to the awesome saltwater clownfish, tans, and even corals and live rock. So, fish keepers, sit back, relax, and unwind. Aquarium Talk the Podcast is now on the air. You are tuned in to Saltwater Aquarium Hour live on Aquarium Talk. Are you a newbie entering into the Saltwater Aquarium hobby? Or are you an experienced saltwater hobbyist looking for something to listen to? Either way, sit back and then be prepared to learn a lot about the Saltwater Aquarium hobby. The Salty J and Alex Cardinale educate you on the Saltwater hobby. Are you ready to learn saltwater? Great! Well then let's get live! gentlemen so welcome to tonight's episode of saltwater aquarium hour and let's go ahead and get started so looks like tonight salty j is not going to make it so that means i'm going to have to do this show alone and i'm going to do the best that i can tonight because i'm certainly nowhere near being an expert or knowing my stuff about saltwater because i'm a beginner but i'm going to uh, give you information on clownfish and damsels angelfish and goby night and uh, we'll have a fun open mic saltwater chat on the show so how does that sound tonight we'll have some fun even though our um co-host is not here so I figured I'll start the show by talking about how I actually got into saltwater. So it actually happened very, very fast. Now I know I talked about this a couple of times here on American Variety Network and on Aquarium Talk the Podcast, but I didn't get in too in depth in it because I was gonna save it for a special occasion or a special show like this one. So I'm gonna tell you story exactly how I got into the saltwater hobby. It might take a little 
I'll explain, but I'm going to tell you guys it. So, it actually happened very, very fast, uh, how I actually got into saltwater. Now, I was actually thinking about joining the saltwater hobby in Christmas of 2014. So, last year, I had thoughts of entering the saltwater hobby, but then I got a little fearful because I thought that the saltwater hobby was really expensive and really hard to do. So I actually did not join the saltwater hobby in Christmas time. I decided to delay it. And I actually thought that I would not be entering the saltwater hobby until at least 2017. But I decided that 2015 was the right opportunity and the right time to enter the saltwater hobby for me simply because I had the money and I had a free tank lying around. So I decided to give it a shot and enter the saltwater world. Now, I had a lot of friends who are fish keepers recently entered the saltwater hobby as well. Uh, my good friend Donovan Barger entered the saltwater hobby. And then another friend of mine who is actually uh, in West Springfield, Mass., she entered the uh, water hobby as well. And actually, uh, I saw some beautiful fish at my local fish store saltwater area. I actually one day walked through that fish room and saw a whole bunch of cool fish species that I grew interested in. And I was really intrigued that day. So after I went to that fish store that day, I researched um, that fish species that I saw, and it turned out to be a black and white Ocellaris clownfish, and, and I was really interested in that fish. And uh, I have actually thought about setting up a nano aquarium just to have the black and white clowns with fire shrimp, but I did my research. First, I researched how to enter the saltwater aquarium hobby as a beginner, and then I um, and then I joined the fish forum called saltwaterfish.com, and I began posting threads, and I got a lot of response from all the great members on saltwaterfishform.com. I researched all their beginner threads they got there, and I learned a lot of valuable information. Now, um, when I was at saltwaterfishform.com, I learned that a lot of the myths and rumors that are said by fellow fish keepers are false. Number one, saltwater is not extremely difficult. And number two, Saltwater is not over the edge expensive. It is expensive, but it's not going to cost you a million dollars to set up a saltwater aquarium. And number three, saltwater is not really that difficult. I mean, all you really need to know is how to measure your water, measure your salinity, and you have to really be good at monitoring your water chemistry. Because if you're not good at managing chemistry, you don't belong in a saltwater hobby. But it ain't that difficult as people made it out to be. And one of the reasons I postponed joining, uh, joining the saltwater hobby for so long is because I listen to people say saltwater is really difficult, it's hard to join, and uh, mixing the water for your tank and doing water changes, it's all very, very difficult. Well, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I think, actually, 
salt water is much easier than fresh water because in salt water when you are cycling an aquarium you have to be very patient and you can't go out and rush and throw things into an aquarium whereas a freshwater aquarium people can just uh buy an aquarium put water in it and uh cycle it for a day or two and add fish but with a saltwater aquarium, it actually teaches you how to be patient and how to wait for things. And that's what I'm really enjoying about the saltwater aquarium hobby. So, after I joined saltwaterfish.com and reading all the articles for beginners, I made the decision that it was time to join the saltwater hobby. So, after I made that decision, I continued doing my research and I was figuring out what size tank I'm going to have. Originally, I was going to go with a 40-gallon breeder or a 55-gallon aquarium. But my dad had recently left the aquarium hobby. He had goldfish before in his 29-gallon aquarium. And he gave me the 29-gallon aquarium. And I decided that I was going to make the 29-gallon aquarium my saltwater aquarium. So, the day that I got the 29-gallon aquarium was the day that my saltwater addiction was born. And that was on um, September 31st. Okay? So, so um, the day I got the 29-gallon, I did more research. And then, when I felt confident, I went to the local fish store. I bought my Carib Sea live sand and then i also bought my carob sea life rock i bought my hydrometer i bought all the saltwater equipment that i needed except for my saltwater test kit and the light which i'm going to be getting on saturday which i'll talk about in a minute here so once i got all the stuff i actually uh filled my tank with regular water and then i added my salt mix to the aquarium and I use Instant Ocean Reef Crystals. And then I let that sit for one day. And then I added my Live Sand and my Carib Seed Life Rock. Now I have about 18 or 19 pounds of Carib Seed Life Rock in my saltwater aquarium. Um, I don't really have an exact measurement. I remember that it was like 18 point something. So it was not exactly 18, and it was not exactly 19, if you get what I was saying. So I'm actually going to be adding some real live rock that actually has living organisms on it this coming Saturday. So basically that, in a nutshell, is how I wound up in the saltwater aquarium hobby. Because it was actually a big dream of mine to enter the saltwater aquarium hobby. I have been dreaming of going saltwater since I was maybe 14 years old. And I'm very happy to have a saltwater aquarium at 22 years old. And I'm able to finance it myself at 22 years old. And I'm able to buy everything I need for my saltwater aquarium at 22 years old. So I'm very, very fortunate and happy for that. And also, one other reason I decided to go saltwater is because I have a good friend of mine uh, by the name of Josh Rodriguez, the owner of Blue View Aquatics. And uh, he's a great marine guy, a great saltwater aquascaper. He knows the saltwater stuff. And he got me into uh, saltwater 
And uh, he was a big part of me getting in saltwater because he's been a guest here on my show before. And he's talking about saltwater and how easy it is and all that good stuff. So he's a major reason that I got into the saltwater hobby as well. So that is really um, how I got in saltwater. I, I got in touch with Josh Rodriguez, asked him some questions about the saltwater, and he helped me with it. And also, uh, there is actually a, a guy who is very familiar and knowledgeable with corals here in Western Massachusetts, and um, he was a big help. We were actually supposed to do a live on location broadcast at my house one day, and um, we had some sort of tech issues, and we had to uh, postpone the show, but he gave me a big lecture on saltwater, and actually, after that lecture, I began thinking, hmm... Uh, I'm going to enter saltwater. I just, I just didn't know when I was going to enter saltwater. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is basically how I entered the saltwater hobby. I don't know how else I could tell you I entered the saltwater hobby, because really, uh, I think that's the best way I can describe it on the show. Okay. Holy cow. Oh. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Alright, I thought I was having some sort of a tech issue. Some people are saying they they can't hear me. There's no audio for some reason. Hopefully there's, there's audio on the show. But anyways, uh, that is how I got into the saltwater hobby. So, special thanks to Josh Rodriguez, Christopher Betson, and also special thanks to uh, saltwaterfish.com, that wonderful saltwater forum, and a very, very special thanks to my friends at School of Fish, Inc. They provided me with, um, some wonderful saltwater equipment for a low price. All right. So, uh, so that is how I got in the saltwater aquarium hobby. And again, I apologize for our co-host not being here. And I know I had to ramble on for a few minutes. Now, I've got pe I got some people saying that my show is not playing. So I'm gonna click on the link and see if I'm actually live in the air. Uh, BTR might be having some tech issues tonight. So for the live listeners, I uh, I do apologize for that. So let's. This is actually working. Alright, so I have the link clicked, and it's going to play some background noise. It might, so please bear with me. Alright, so I have the link opened, and now it should be playing. Sometimes others tech issues with uh, Blog Talk Radio for some reason. All right, here we go. It says loading audio for smooth play, smooth playback. All right, so we're working now. Good. 
Okay, we're working now. All right, anyways, uh, that's a good way to start the show about how I got into the saltwater hobby. So I'd like to say thank you, Josh Rodriguez, Donovan Barger, and Christopher Betson and School Fish for getting me in the salt hobby. So now we're going to talk about um, what I'm going to be doing for my saltwater tank now. So my saltwater tank has been cycling for four weeks now. I started it on September 31st, 2015, so I think that's about four weeks. And I've been ghost feeding my aquarium for uh, two weeks. I started two weeks ago and I've been ghost feeding ever since then. And I've been doing small water changes. So I believe my water parameters should be very, very good for my tank. Uh, now, I know they're not going to be perfect. The tank's not going to be completely cycled, but. My research says that a saltwater aquarium can cycle anywhere from four weeks to eight weeks. So, in that time zone, I'm actually right in a half of a cycle. So, what I'm going to do this Saturday is I'm going to be bringing my water to the local fish store. And, by the way, my local fish store, School of Fish, Inc., is very knowledgeable in saltwater. They specialize in saltwater. So, if you ever come down to Western Mass... I personally recommend checking out School of Fish. The owner, Dave, does a fantastic job on his saltwater section. They specialize in corals and exotic and rare saltwater species, as well as the common saltwater species. He has, the last time I was there, I counted over 15 varieties of clownfish, so they know their stuff. But anyways, I'm going to bring my water to School of Fish on Saturday, and I'm going to test my water. They're going to test my water for me, and if my readings are correct, I will get my first pair of fish. All right. So I'm actually going to be getting my first livestock on Saturday. I'm also going to be getting the uh, um, API saltwater test kit as well, so I can begin testing my own water. And I'm also going to be getting um, a light and some more salt and some actual live rock with actual living organisms on it. Now, as I said earlier last week on the, Amer the American Variety Network, I have my good buddy, Josh Rodriguez from Blue View Aquatics coming over, and he'll be aquascaping my uh, beautiful 29-pound aquarium with 15 pounds of actual live rock, and he'll be providing me with a saltwater light. So that's very, very exciting. I can't wait for that to say the least. So, I will have a video of him aquascaping uh, my saltwater aquarium posted on my YouTube channel, Alex's Adventures, and that'll be up hopefully Halloween night. I have my camera charging right now as we speak, so it should be ready for Saturday. So, now that we know, I'll have the rest of my equipment for Saturday, like the live rock and the test kit and the light. And and everything else I need. Let's talk about the livestock I plan on getting on Saturday. So I'm only planning on getting two or three fishes, most likely three, because I already special ordered a fish. And I'll be getting my pair of Darwin Ocellaris clownfish, and those are those black and white clownfish. And that was actually the fish that got me into the saltwater aquarium hobby. Um, saw those at school of fish, I saw those at Fish Renzi, and I saw them 
at a fish store in Connecticut much bigger than School of Fish and Fish Renty. And when I saw them, I instantly fell in love. Those were the fish that brought me into the saltwater hobby, the black and white clownfish. So I'm definitely going to be getting a pair of black and white clowns. I saw a pair that I fell in love with at the fish store, and I'm going to be getting them if they're still there. I know they had several black and white clowns, so um, if that pair is gone, I'll just buy two more different ones and uh, grow them out. But yes, I will uh, be getting a pair of black and white clowns, and I'm also going to be getting a pink-spotted Watchman Gobi. I special ordered that last Monday, and I called again this Monday to make sure he was going to be getting it in, and he is going to be getting it in. So I can't wait for that. So those are my first three fish that I'm going to be adding. The black and white clowns and the pink-spotted pink watchman goby. Now, if for some reason there are no black and white clownfish available, then I'm going to wait for clownfish for another month, and I'll either get a royal grama or I'll get my um, uh, another fish that I wanted. Probably just the pink-spotted watchman goby. And uh, something else. But I'm positive that the black and white clownfish will be there. So a lot of you have been asking me, what's the stock going to be like for my aquarium? Simple. It's going to have four or five fish max. And it's, that's going to be the two black and white Ocellaris clowns. That's going to be the pink spotted Watchman Gobi. And that's also going to be a Royal Grama. And a Coral Beauty Angelfish or a Flame Angel and possibly a Starry Blenny. And then I'm going to have Fire Shrimp, Scarlet Cleaner Shrimp, Snails, and uh, some Crabs. That'll be up and running. And I'll have that cycled, completely cycled. And then maybe in March or April, I will upgrade to a 55-gallon or 75-gallon aquarium, because I really want to get a yellow tang. So, if I go to 55, I could squeeze the yellow tang in there until I upgrade to my 120 to saltwater tank. But if I get a 75, you could probably live there for quite a while. So, you see, I'm not just going to stay with a 29-gallon saltwater. I'm in it for the big time. I'm actually going to be going big, bigger with saltwater pretty soon. So, I'm really excited for the saltwater hobby. This is the week for me to be in the saltwater hobby because it'll be the first time I actually have living organisms on uh, my aquarium. So, uh, let's see. <laughs> I, wanna, I just want to talk about people's comments about the saltwater being expensive. Saltwater hobby being expensive. So, let's see. Uh, last month, I spent about $350, give or take. This month, let's see, the live rock and the light, I'm estimating it's going to be around 120 or more. And my clownfish will be about $57 total for both of them because they're $27.99 each. My goby will probably be around 40 or 50 And uh, my test kit's about $28. Um, my Instant Ocean Reef Crystal Salt Bag is only $15. Uh, what else? And if I have any, anything left over, I'll be buying an RODI, RODI unit. So, actually, I think uh, for the 29-gallon aquarium fish showing with Live Rock, I should have everything done.
for less than $600. I think uh, if I calculated everything correctly, even with the stuff I'm getting on Halloween, I'm only going to be reaching about $500, if that. So that's not bad. It's not really too expensive for me because I can, I can easily spend more than what I, I'm putting in, but I won't. So anyways, uh, I hope that you find the topics okay. My co-host is not here tonight, so I'm just trying to find something to talk about because really, not really uh, that informed yet on the fish, the fish that we were going to talk about tonight. So I apologize if you were looking to learn about clownfish, damsels, and stuff. We're still going to talk about them. Uh, we're going to talk about them in a few minutes, actually. But uh, I'm not going to be able to provide the information that he would be able to provide this week. Anyways, let's go ahead and start talking about the fish species now. And we're going to start with the damsels. Now, these are actually uh, one of the most popular fish in uh, the saltwater hobby. Now, um, I see them in every pet store up here in Mass that has salt water. So they're they're really common. Now there it says that there are over three hundred species of damsels and that is including the clownfish. Clownfish are a type of damsel. So many of your damsels are very colorful and some actually seem to glow under bluish colored aquarium lightning. Lighting, excuse me. Alright. So, damsels are actually a very cheap saltwater uh, fish. They're, they're not going to cost you an arm and a leg. And pretty much, you can get some damsels for the same price that you could get freshwater fish for. And they're actually a very hardy fish. So, if you happen to set up your very first saltwater tank and you were actually a very impatient person, and you decided to buy damsels, they would probably be able to survive in your saltwater aquarium. Which, by the way, I don't recommend, because uh, if your ammonia gets really toxic, your fish are going to die. It'll be like me throwing you in a room full of deadly gas, like um, carbon monoxide, and then you would either get sick or you would die. That's what it's like when you're throwing a damsel into an uncycled aquarium. So you should never, ever do that. Now, a lot of uh, saltwater hobbyists do not recommend beginners getting damsels. Why? Number one, they are extremely aggressive. And they will attack just about anything you put in the aquarium. And they will nip and they will harass whatever they, you put in your aquarium. Damsels are like the convicts of the tropical fish-keeping hobby. They're cheap for a reason. That's why they're the cheapest fish in the marine hobby. It's because they are really aggressive, they are very hardy, and virtually nobody wants them except for the beginners. The local fish stores will target beginners for damsels because they know that beginners are going to be the people more likely to buy the damsels, not knowing that damsels are extremely aggressive and they will destroy anything in an aquarium. They will attack and kill fish, and they will even attack corals. Now, 
I have no personal experience. Um, I'm just going on what I'm reading here on this article. So this may be someone else's experience who has been keeping damsels for many, many years. So he may be right or he may be wrong. But like I said, I've never, ever experienced damsels. But what I do know is there are many varieties of damsels out there. You've got the four-stripe damsel, the three-stripe damsel. You've also got the surgeon, uh, major damsel. You've got a blue devil damsel. You've got the yellow tail damsel. You've got the Aziri damsel. Um, Tallbots damsel. The three-stripe damsel. The four-stripe damsel. The domino damsel. The neon velvet damsel. And many, many more. I'm actually reading from an article about some of the certain types. But I know that the blue damsels, the four-stripe damsels, and all those kinds of damsels are very, very popular. So, I personally uh, would not recommend damsels unless you had a very large aquarium. And, uh, and if you were looking to do... Uh, let's say if you were looking to do an aggressive tank thing, you would get damsels. But other than that, I don't see why you would have damsels in uh, your aquarium. I don't know why you would want a damsel. I mean, they're really cheap, and they're like a convict in the saltwater hobby. I actually uh, never was interested in damsels, personally. So... That's that. So we actually have a caller here on the show. We'll uh, take this caller and see uh, if they'd like to talk about some saltwater fish. Hi, you're now live on Aquarium Talk to Podcast, and thank you very much for calling in. Hey, Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I just want to call in and chat saltwater with you for a while. Sounds good. Uh, it'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. Yeah, um, I was kind of wanting to comment on your damsel situation here. Okay, sounds good. I totally agree with you on the damsel situation. If you want aggressive fish, that's fine. They're little buttheads. Um, also, I had damsels just because I had a, a little a reef tank going on, and I wanted a little bit more color, and that's all that was pretty much in there. Yeah, damsels are actually pretty nice. I think that a lot of people, when they start their hobby, they want to add all sorts of fish, but damsels are extremely aggressive. They will kill other fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I tried adding uh, more damsels, which I did add more damsels, with one that I've had since the beginning, and he was just a butthead to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They remind me like convicts and Jack Dempsey's of the saltwater hobby. They're so aggressive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, to me, you know, I have African cichlids, so that's what they reminded me of. And I'm like, good Lord, they're like little piranhas or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard that a lot of people have them as feeders in saltwater too, for their predators like uh, snowflake eels and the ones that get huge like groupers. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the cool thing I found out with, like, your predator tanks is there's always something that eats something else, and that's just really cool. 
Yeah, honestly, I think the saltwater predators are much better than the freshwater ones. I agree on that. They're just, they're amazing. Just a little bit more uh, deeper in the pockets for me, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and they'll, pretty soon I'll be saying that soon. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so when you get into the bigger tank. You know, are you really going to turn into your uh, 150 or 125 or whatever into a solar tank? Not right away, but uh, maybe in the future. I'm thinking about it. That way I can have a couple of tings and some triggers. That'd be really cool. I know. I'm just trying to figure out how much it's going to cost exactly. Woo! Um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that tank would definitely have to be a fish only with live rock tank. Uh, if I was going to do totally corals, that'd be 55. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little too steep. So what what else you got going on tonight? What, what fish are we talking about? Well, right now we're going to go ahead and talk about clownfish, and then we'll uh, talk about some of my other favorite fish, tings and, uh, and angelfish. So uh, let's go ahead and start talking about clownfish. One of my personal favorites. clownfish was the now, it's known that the best beginner to keep. Yes, clownfish are damn That's pretty cool. Now, currently, there are 28 recognized species of clownfish, and most of them are found in the Indian and Pacific Oceans, with the exceptions of a few, like the uh, Darwin clownfish and some other ones. The clownfish are also found as far north as the Red Sea, and it also inhabits the Great Barrier Reef on the Australian east coast. So as we know, clownfish was made famous from the popular children's film, Finding Nemo. A lot of fish wars and clownfish breeders for that. From that, there was a pretty clownfish. Now, um, clownfish is also famous for its immunity, immunity to the stings of the sea. Um, and it's a really, really good that with an anemone. So, uh, let's see. So, that was actually a really good fact that the fish can live in a sea anemone, but in a home aquarium, Anemone is not really required for a saltwater tank, but you can have one uh, if you really want one. You can have an anemone with your clownfish if you uh, want one in your tank, but you don't have to have an anemone with your clownfish. So, we're going to do a whole entire show on clownfish. I'm going to have some guests talking about clownfish. Well, I don't want to give any information away tonight, but I will tell you the different kinds of clownfish that there are out there. The first, most popular kinds of clownfish 
is the uh, common Ocellaris clownfish. And uh, back in the day, there was only one or two kinds available, and those were the normal ones. But now you have a ton of Ocellaris clowns available. You've got your snowflake clowns. You've got your um, black and white clowns that I like. You've got your naked clowns. Uh, let's see. What else? There's, there's a whole variety of them. Black ice clowns. So the Ocellaris clowns have taken off in uh, popularity. So what are your thoughts on clownfish, Donovan? Alex, clownfish, I think they're pretty amazing because I've never actually seen a fish move like they do. It's constant movement all the time, and it keeps you very focused. It looks really neat. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, and I can't wait to get my first clownfish. Um, uh, on Saturday, it's going to be a, a great great way to uh, experience saltwater hobby. I can't wait to see them. So I can't wait you to know, have you know something? Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know something I think is really neat? Not only do they have clownfish that are like finding Nemo clownfish, but it doesn't stop there. You go all the way around the world and all the hybrids they're breeding, there's so many different types. It's not just one. Yeah, you're right. There's 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 actually a hybrid between a Ocellaris clown and a maroon clown. I think it's called like a blood orange or something, but they're nice. The maroon clowns are actually my personal favorite, but I can't have one in my 29 because it's too small. Well, you can always grow it out until you get it big enough, you know, until it gets too big. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. If the fish store doesn't have any black and white, I can always get a maroon. That way I can just have one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The thing is, they're kind of aggressive, though, so that would have to be an issue. That might be an issue, but who knows? Oh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't figure so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I can't wait to to finally find the right clownfish guest because I want to have uh, him teach me and my listeners some things about clownfish. You know, the the cool thing about clownfish, like I said, like I was talking about a second ago is their movement, it's almost like watching an HD TV. I don't know what kind of lights you have on there, but I had I had LEDs on mine, and they looked crisp, clear, really clean fish. I mean, I can't wait till you get a pair. Yeah, me too. They're gonna be uh, they're gonna be awesome. That's uh, I'm actually gonna be having a, a blue and white LED, I guess, and I just can't wait to uh, see my. Oh, they look really good. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have a regular light for now, and then I'll upgrade to a, a reef light later on. Ooh, look at you moving up in the world. <laughs> Those <laughs> things are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people said I was gonna stay lower on the the ladder, but it looks like I'm moving up the ladder now, huh? <laughs> yeah, fast and quick, man. You're going to need, like, a separate bank account for salt water. <laughs> I'm going to have to start robbing banks now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how's your saltwater tank doing? Well, Alex, I, I don't have my saltwater tank anymore. Oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. You told me a couple of days ago. Oh, uh, yeah. I you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, it was a sad day. But oh man, 
I can go see it anytime. It's at my cousin's house, so no big deal. He's always sending me pic- new pictures of it. How can you got? How can you get rid of your saltwater tank? Well, it got a little too expensive and too much to take care of with my seven other fish tanks that I have set up right now. So it, it's where I was focusing on my Africans, and then I focused on my salt, and it was just getting to be too much to take care of at one time. So I kind of, I mean, it wouldn't have been bad if I had one or two tanks, but the salt water takes a lot of attention. Yeah, so I uh, I understand where you're coming from now because you have all the other tanks to take care of, and so that's a lot on one person. So I, I, I agree and understand with you. Yeah, it was it was just getting to where it was just too much. I mean, Africans, I can buy something and still not be broke for the week. I mean, my wife probably couldn't agree with that, but I can. Um, in general, I can spend a hundred bucks and and be set for about six months on my Africans. I can spend about a hundred bucks on the salt tank, and then I need another two hundred the next week kind of a give or take thing yeah when when you told me you were leaving the saltwater hobby i was like god damn that sucks because you were one of the guys that that got me into the saltwater hobby believe it or not well, i'm glad to hear that man i mean honestly it's a good hobby i mean i just had corals and you know it was a little it was a little bit more expensive than it would have been if i would have just kept fish corals are a little more finicky with the water you put in the tank the fish are not so much they do great with tap water now you got to get distilled water for the corals and i i mean i should have just bought a roadie system to begin with which i didn't have the cash for anyway so then i was buying distilled water dollar a gallon and twenty dollars here twenty dollars there and i was just like dude no way cannot do this the reason why it was costing me so much because you know you have a heater in the tank so it evaporates and you can't put covers on top of the tank because you have the LEDs to actually grow the coral and then you got to buy the food for the coral which is not cheap and I mean it was just getting way out of hand and I was like okay we got to stop somewhere yeah I guess I'll I'll go ahead and tell my secret I'm actually kind of a kind of a cheater but I have a friend uh, on, who actually lives on the same street that I do that has a saltwater aquarium and he has his very own RODI unit so he actually makes me his own RODI water, so I don't got to pay him for any or anything. So I get free, free RODI water anytime we need to do a water change or anything. Well, see, so you got lucky there, man. Yeah, <laughs> some people are probably yeah. gonna hit me for that. I don't got to buy my own system yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're not they're not expensive. It's just you got to pull out a hundred and fifty dollars and pay for it. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. That bad. You just got to suck it up and do it. Or, I mean, you can get the smaller ones that do 75 gallons per day. You know, stuff like that. I mean. Well, I, I contacted uh, Instant Ocean today on the phone, and they said that their yeah. reef crystals is actually makes their water safe for inverts if you wanted to use tap water. I don't know. Some people are controversial about that, though. I, I mean, if it works for you, it works for you, man. I mean. You're saving money, and the fish and inverts are fine. What's the big deal? That's true. Luckily for me, though, I don't have to worry about that because I got the RODI water from my friend. 
<laughs> yeah, you you sucker. <laughs> yeah, until he moves away, then I'm screwed, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'll just buy my own. Yeah. Room, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I could have. I just man, it's a sad day. Yeah, I was out when you tell me. I was I was actually doing that. Uh, I think it was the relationship show yesterday, and I was I was losing my my sack of my, track of mind when you told me. I was gonna start talking about yeah. the and and I had to stop myself. Uh, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're talking <laughs> about relationships here, not salt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, you, you should have went with fish only with live rock. You would have saved a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I mean, it's you know, it's kind of one of the things where I had Africans, and I'm like, I'm cool with the fish. I want to grow some stuff. I mean, oh yeah. The, you know, I've never really had a planted tank, so I figured, oh, this, this will be cool. Let's not saying it's a planted tank because they're live, but in perspective, it's a planted tank. And so I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, and I just got in over my head too quick. Oh, yeah. So what made you get into the saltwater hobby? Did you see some stuff that you liked? Yeah, actually, uh, I, you know that show Tank? Yeah, yeah. That's where That's where it came from. I, I'm like... You know, they put these tanks together. It looks real easy, which it's not hard to put a dang saltwater tank together. You just got to have some common sense. And they just put them together in these, these colorful fish. I mean, cool reef tanks. I've seen a few of those. And the tangs and the gobies, the clownfish. I mean, just amazing color and cool shapes. So, I mean, that's what really got me into it was that show. And... Like I said, I got it in over my head. I should have just kept it fish only. That's that's exactly why I started with the fish only with live rockets because I felt that if I rushed into things, I was gonna be over my head, and I didn't want I didn't want any stress on this hobby because the hobby's supposed to be relaxing. So I decided to uh, just do fish only with live rock for now. Maybe next year I'll do right. corals. Right. I mean, I think you started off great. What did you say? You got a twenty-nine gallon. Yeah, twenty nine gallon, and then uh, in February I'll be getting a fifty five, hopefully. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, man. I, I'll be honest with you. You're starting off awesome. Not that it's too small that you can mess up your parameters, and not that it's too big you can't control it right now. So I, I think you actually really did really good with that. Starting out with a twenty nine gallon. I know a lot of people say, man, you should start with a 40-gallon, but look, man, that 29-gallon I think is just as good as your 40-gallon. 40, 40 I mean, what do you what are you really off, like 21 gallons? Or no, yeah, you're, you're off 11 gallons. I mean. <laughs> That's true. So I'm actually going to turn into like some sort of a fish nerd because I'm going to be writing down a water parameter every day in a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. I got the API saltwater um, test kit for the, and I really I thought it was kind of cool. But I got to tell you something. I, I really I was really stupid, and th- I didn't have common sense here. So I was reading the instructions, and it said, so I used two different test test tubes because I'm like, oh okay, so I'll put this and this. So you know how whenever you test your waters, you have to put drops of one and drops of the other. Yes. In the test tube. Okay, so I grabbed two test tubes and put it in one test tube and put it in the other test tube. I'm like, wait, the water's not changing colors. Wait a second. So I have to go back. 
and check it again and just put it in one test tube. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So that was one of my stupid moments. <laughs> That's funny. I used to do that. I used to do that all the time with uh, fresh water when I was uh, tired. I used to test my water in the morning and at night to test to make sure the water was stable. So usually I used to do that in the morning, but now now I know how to do it correctly now. Yeah, that, I'll tell you what, man. I felt so dumb. I never even used the test kit before. I've always, you know, had fresh water, so I never even used the. I actually. I used the ammonia test kit on my 55 when I first started, and that was pretty much it. But it came with one test tube. See, the saltwater API test kit comes with, like, I think four or five. Yep. That's, it's so like the, I, the freshwater master kit, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've never got the master kit, but, yeah, it's the exact same thing, just for saltwater. So, I mean, that's – what a dummy. <laughs> You know, I've actually never, ever tested my water for my freshwater tanks other than when I was cycling, and that was it. So I've got, like, a barely used freshwater master test kit sitting in my closet. (laughs) Yeah, I had that ammonia test kit for a long time, and I just ended up throwing it away because I didn't really, I didn't need it because I did so many water changes, so it wasn't really relevant to the situation. But the one thing I will say to beginners is uh, you have to get out of that mindset that you're not supposed to test water on salt water because you're supposed to test your water every day to make sure it's in in, in uh, proper shape it used to be, especially when you're cycling your tank. I totally agree on that. You, as a beginner in salt water, you need to make sure you're testing your water every other day or every day if you're like a freak about it like uh, me and Alex are. You should really test that <laughs> stuff. Um, you should You should not whatsoever go a day without thinking, oh, I should have tested that water, and then tomorrow you have all your fish die. That's not how you do it. Oh, I hear you on that. I, I'm actually, yeah, I, I actually think that the testing is actually a fun part of the saltwater side. Yeah, it makes you feel like a chemist, man, or a scientist. I know. <laughs> uh, I should put out a white science lab code or something. Yeah, no joke. You ever seen uh, Breaking Bad? Yes, sir. I've, I've seen that uh, that show many times. I used to watch it when it was on uh, AMC. That's how I feel when they're cooking. I feel like that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I feel like I'm doing something illegal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. One cool thing I found out last week about the saltwater hobby is... Uh, Actually, one of my favorite saltwater fish, the yellow, the yellow tangs, which I saw as a, a kid and I idolized as a kid, the yellow, the yellow tangs are actually now being captive bred. So that's pretty cool. I saw uh, that I did last see that. Tuesday. I did see that. That is really neat. I, and they were like, they were clear, like, you know, because they, they were just babies and they were clear. And then they posted another photo not too long after that where the yellow was coming in on them. It was really neat. That's true. I actually really, really want a yellow tang bad, but my tank is too small for one of them. Unless I get one and grow them out and then trade them in, but I don't want to do that. Well, I mean, if that's what you'd like to do, I mean, if you can trade them in, I don't see a problem with that. But I, I think it takes a really long time for them to grow. Yeah, that's true. 
But I, I, I actually just want to observe and enjoy my, my saltwater hobby. That's what I used to do at my freshwater hobby. I used to buy monster fish, grow them out, and trade them in. But I think for the saltwater hobby, I want to be able to enjoy it and relax with it. Yeah, and I want to kind of go back to your what you were talking about again a second ago about testing your water. Um, you know, I think it's more relevant with the saltwater hobby because you're when you buy a fish, you're not paying five dollars for an Oscar. You're paying twenty dollars up to five hundred dollars for your next fish. The reason why you would like to test that water, I think personally, is your wallet can only go so far and you really need to think about what your budget is for those fish and how much you want to put into those fish because without the API test kit, you, you're going to fail big time. And I, I'm not saying that to discourage anybody, but that is a, uh, that's a, that is a huge deal. And I'm sure Alex will back me up on that situation. Yeah, you're 100% correct on that. And I agree a hundred percent with you. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. I mean, like a goby, you know, you can spend from $20 to, I've seen them go for $70 depending on the size. And in the clownfish, I've seen them on sale at Petco. I've seen them at $15, but most of the time they're $20, $19 or $20. And then they can get, they can get pretty pricey, almost to 70 something dollars for one fish. That's a clownfish. That's true. Can you guess how much my uh, black and white ones are going to be? $40 a piece? Close. $27.99 a piece. Oh, man, that's a good deal. That's a really good deal. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's my local fish store, uh, School of Fish, Inc. They got the best saltwater stuff. I think we, I need to make a trip to Massachusetts, man. <laughs> oh, you're welcome down here anytime. You can, uh, we can go to the fish stores together and... I'll give you a guided tour and stuff. That would be cool. I may have to make a trip up there sometime. I think this is funner than our, uh, we're having a fun show tonight. This is great. Oh, yeah, that's a good show, Al. Our, our co-host didn't show up, but we're having fun chatting fish. <laughs> might, might as well, right? I mean, let's make the show must go on, man. Yeah, that's true. Next week we'll get into the information. I'll, I plan on having a guest next week on saltwater aquarium hour uh next week we'll we'll talk about clownfish and damsels and tangs and angelfish and uh if i can't find a guest then i will do the research the three hours and four hours of research and get the material so next tuesday at uh 9 p.m we'll we'll do an informal show so do you think you'll ever return to the saltwater uh donovan oh yeah oh yeah without a doubt i just I just got so much going on right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm all about. I mean, it, it is cool. Um, I think next time I'm going to do it right with a tank, with a sump, and with uh, the tank already being drilled. I'm really going to get into it pretty hardcore. Um, just not anytime soon. Yeah, that's cool. I've, I've, yeah. I've always thought of entering the African cichlid hobby too, but I decided to jump on saltwater first. Well, I, I don't really know what to say about the African cichlid hobby. I mean, that's that. I mean, it's not hard. They they are aggressive, but 
you've got to know what works with what fish. I mean, there's a lot of different things that goes along in Africans. It's, it's, the, same, it's the same thing as any other tank, but they have a different mentality than your Oscar would or your uh, Dovi or your Green Terror, whatever it might be. Discus, you know, they all have their different personalities. And these guys are kind of like high-pitched dogs that just don't listen to anything that like to bark when people walk in the door. I mean, they're they're really pretty fish. They're fun to watch grow, and their breeding is more mouth brooding, which I, I'm sure you know that. Um, it's really cool to watch them breed. I mean, it's kind of like fish porn, <laughs> sort of. So, I mean... <laughs> It's pretty cool to watch a mouth brood. And, you know, it like, takes like 21 days or so for them to actually fully function in their mouth. I mean, and also they have egg tumblers. Like once they get pregnant and their mouth's full of eggs, you wait like five or six days, and you can actually pull the fish out, open its mouth, dip it in water, get the eggs out, put them in the egg tumbler, and watch the eggs develop in the egg tumbler. I mean, it is – there's so much to the hobby that – it really wears on you and you and you really like it so much because of the breeding. The breeding is what I think really got me into it. And not not to mention the colors. The colors are super amazing as well. Oh that's cool. Actually I was just thinking I've actually we did have uh African cichlids before. I had a couple Francosias, but that's about it. They are slow growers. But they are awesome fish. You know, I, I actually love I actually love Frontosia. So if I was actually thinking about turning my one twenty into a fresh tank, I'd do a Frontosia tank with them. That'd be cool. I mean, yeah. I, also, they have like I, I don't know. I, I guess this might be for a different episode. I don't mean to talk about it too much. <laughs> it's okay. We're gonna go off topic anyways. I think we talked about saltwater enough tonight. How about you? Yeah, we kind of have. I mean, we don't know much, but what we do know, we talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an expert or anything. I'll save that until I actually start doing my research for enough research to do a podcast with. When I was doing my research, I was just doing it for my personal self to to take notes on and stuff. And the stuff I did research on, I've already covered, like the stuff beginners should know. Right. And, and I mean, it, it's pretty cool that, like, you already know what you know right now. And... To know what you know at this moment, I mean, it can get you started without a problem. And and I really enjoy your episodes on saltwater. Even though I don't have a tank right now and I and I sold it, you have a lot of great information on your show. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, I can't wait to, for next Saturday's show with Seth Fidrine. He's going to be my coral guy. He's a coral expert, and, he, and he's a great man. Oh, that's awesome. I, I hope I can actually listen in on that show. We're supposed to have some really hardcore storms come through here, and I don't know what's going to happen with my job, so we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hope uh, there's no hardcore storms up here. Sometimes when there's a storm, I, I get really bad reception on Block Talk Radio, so hopefully we'll be we'll be good to go. Yeah, I hope so. That, that, that would be not so good. I, I can't wait till that episode. I'm excited. I know. <laughs> it's been like three years in the making, and I finally have a saltwater series. I've been try- I've been lobbying for one for three years. 
Man, it's all it's it's that what it is. I think sometimes is people get into that state of mind where like, oh man, that's a lot of work, or God, I got to mix salt with the water, and you know, I mean, I think people are like, man, I really got to make that leap. And once you do make that leap, it's like, holy crap, this was easy. Let's keep going, you know. That's just, that's the first thing I said when I when I was uh, reading people's comments about how hard the saltwater hobby is. They're like, what are you guys lazy? You can't mix your own water. Is that too much work for you? <laughs> yeah. Catch <laughs> me up. Uh, I see people buying like pre-made uh, salt water at the fish store for like seventy-five cents a gallon. I think I think you really can't afford to pay fifteen dollars or even twenty-five dollars for your own salt mix and do it yourself. Yeah, no joke. I mean, I know it probably takes a little more work and a little more room in your house, but crap, man, that's the fun part of it. I know. I, I get more more fun out of doing it myself than buying someone else to do it. It's almost like cooking in a way. I like cooking homemade food instead of buying takeout. I think the same way is, uh, can be said for salt water, mixing your own salt water and stuff. Yeah, no joke. I, I totally agree with you on that. That's a lot of fun creating your own creation, I guess you could say. And, it, and what's even cooler is once you have done all that, then now you have this little ecosystem that you get to take care of and grow. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you learn to create your own water, mixing your own water, if you ever have an emergency, you don't have to run out and buy water from your fish store. Yeah, what happens if it's midnight and all your fish stores are closed? There's not a 24-hour salt aquarium place open that late. I mean, it's not Walmart, you know. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking the other day what it was, uh, crap people would give if salt water. I mean, if Walmart started selling salt water and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's already bad enough, man. I mean, I walked in there the other day, and, you know, I, I looked at the Africans, and I was like, this is sad. I want to save these guys, but I don't need them in my tank. This is sad. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, like Oscars. You know, you, they have a crap load of Oscars, and all the time you always see them dead, upside down. Not that I'm downing Walmart, but they probably shouldn't be in the fish, like, selling, selling any kind of fish. Oh, I'm with you on that. I'm surprised that PetSmart don't stock salt water. Mine, at least mine doesn't. The ones that are in my area no, don't sell salt water. Mine, mine either. I've never seen a PetSmart sell salt water. They sell stuff for salt water, and they're a lot more expensive on it compared to Petco. So I, I don't really know why they don't. Yeah, that sucks. I don't know. Maybe they're too scared to uh, venture into saltwater because they don't want people ripping them to shreds. Hmm, probably. You, you know, <laughs> PetSmart's Pet pretty good about keep. I mean, I've been to a lot of PetSmarts, and I think PetSmart has a lot better fish selection and a, a lot healthier fish than Petco does. Yeah, I think uh, PetSmart has... Uh, much better quality fish. Definitely, my pet smart's better than Petco. Their their equipment is a lot cheaper too. Oh, agreed on that. I buy most of my like if I need something like for a small tank, I will go to Pet PetSmart and buy my stuff because usually they have great sales on uh, like the filters and uh, filter pads and food and stuff like that. 
Awesome. So for all the live listeners tuning in tonight, uh, our co-host Salty J couldn't make it tonight, so uh, my good friend Donovan and I are just going to be having a, a off-topic fun show tonight. We we talked a little bit about saltwater at the beginning of the show, and uh, next week we'll do our scheduled show for this week, and we'll find a guest for it or our research for it. So let's see what else. What else would you like to talk about, Donovan? Well, I mean, I was getting ready to talk to you about some cichlids that uh, you can put in the 150. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Yeah, let's talk about cichlids. So what I think would be cool in that, or with the 125, what you have at the house, I think would be like really sweet is hats, man. Um, You've got like the blue dolphin mori. I mean, you've got the mori trout. You've got, man, you've got so many things. Like the Mori, the Blue Dolphin Mori man, he's he's just like the, well, not just like, but it, he's got the shape of a frontosa, but he's blue. He's got this fluorescent blue on him. He, he gets the hump on his head, and you've got like Malawi trout that that get long and slender, blue, red, yellow. I mean, it would be really sweet, man, to be honest with you, to actually have a, just a pure hat pink. That sounds like a good idea. Very good idea. It's fun to grow them out. I mean, to be honest with you, it's. I, I think I get more out of watching them grow and watching them color up. I know what they're going to look like when they get older, but to watch the transformation from fry to adult is really neat. So, can you actually like, acclimate your uh, Africans to a lower pH? Uh, to be honest with you, I have never messed with pH, nor have I checked pH on my African. I fill the tank, put prime in, and they do just fine. Oh, that's cool. I'm thinking about I know my a... salt water. Go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. I was, saying, I was oh. thinking about grabbing some uh, frontosias for my fresh tank this Saturday. That would be a really good idea. I mean, I don't know what you have in there, though, so, I, I mean, to be honest with you. My brother has a, a datnoid and some catfish in there. It's half fifth tank now. Oh, okay, okay. So you guys share the the uh, 125 together? Yeah. My local, cool. got a, my local fisher has got a huge frontosia that I've been looking at. It looks pretty cool. You should definitely get them and put them in there, man. I know the, the local fish store would be happy because I'd be buying the all the saltwater equipment and the, and the three saltwater fish plus that seventy dollar frontosia. <laughs> how big? How big is he? He was like six or seven inches. Oh wow, that's a really good deal. You should hop on. Yeah, that. I, wonder, I wonder if he's still there. They must they might have sold them already. I don't know. Uh, should... It takes a lot for somebody to pull seventy dollars out of their pocket and pay for a fish. Yeah, that's true. But I love frontosias, especially when they have that cichlid hump on them. Oh yeah, I've got like six of them, at least, and they, the, I've, we've had one since he was about an inch and a half or two inches, and he's probably about three and a half, four now, and he's, he's getting that hump on his head. He's, he's really cool looking. You know, you know, I, when I said three weeks ago that I was never ever going to keep freshwater fish again, well, uh, it looks like uh, that won't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should definitely just give it a shot, man. I mean, frontosa are pretty docile beyond when they get into groups and then they get pe- they get a little pissy. 
But I mean, they're they're pretty good fish. I, I, they're really slow and chill, and they grow really slow. But they're really amazing fish. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, I'll have my saltwater tank, and then I'll have a few freshwater fish in my name, which is going to be cool. You should definitely do that, man. And if you're if you're uh, if the store has some blue mori dolphins, man, get some of those too, dude. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Other than that, there is there they did have some cool South American cichlids that I liked, like the chocolate cichlid, which is pretty cool. You know, I've never seen those. I, I like I've seen them as babies, but I've never seen a full grown one. I guess I can Google that real quick to see what they look like. Yeah, That's they're really very beautiful. Cool. They get the cichlid hump like the frontosia, and uh, they're very nice looking. I think you would like them. Really? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh wow, they're pretty neat looking. They have yeah, they have several different colors. Yeah, they're awesome. I think they're great, great fish. Who knows? Maybe I'll buy a front and a chocolate cichlid. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Those are really neat fish, man. They got red and green, and looks like they may have some shades of blue in them a little bit. That's yeah, they're cool. awesome. They're they're actually uh, one of my most favorite freshwater fish of all time. Have you actually had some in the in the past? Yep, I've had. Uh, I, I I remember one time, like 2009, 10ish. I had a tank full of them. It was a six foot 125. I had like a tree of them. I grew nice. I grew them to adulthood. Yeah. So do, when they breed, do they actually put their eggs like on a wall or on a rock, or how do they do that? I actually haven't ever had a breeding pair, um, but I know that they breed like angelfish and discus, so they breed on a flat surface. So you would need like a clay pot or maybe a piece of driftwood or a rock slate for them to, to lay their eggs on. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, I see. That's, that's pretty sweet. I had some uh, red jewel cichlids, and... Man, they were feisty little buggers, man. I didn't realize it, it was a male and a female. Well, they had mated, and they'd put the eggs on the wall or on the side of the tank. And I, I shit you not, dude. I was like, man, they keep eating these eggs. They keep eating them. And then my wife, the other one day, was like, you got to come in here and look at this. Dude, there was over a 100 and something fry in there. It was the coolest thing, but good Lord, they were small. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, a lot of people use those jewel cichlid fry and uh, convict fries as feeders. No joke. <laughs> I know they do. They do. My friend does it all the time. He saves a lot of money, and, and he he does that because he's worried about the parasites that the goldfish have. Oh, dude, I can totally understand that. That's true. Yeah, I I totally agree with him as well. I mean, I I would do it. I mean, honestly, it's just you got to have a place to put them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, do you have? Any I don't other, think my uh, wife wants any more tanks. Go ahead. <laughs> do you have any other, any other freshwater fish besides Africans? Uh, no, I tried guppies a couple weeks <laughs> ago. You know, to try to breed them for food, and I swear to you, each day one died every day. For the next six days. Yeah, 
I'm not a huge fan of guppies. I think that they're they're for like females and little kids, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, I was saying I was, I'm actually uh, not a fan of the the guppies and the mollies and things like that. I don't know. I've just never been addicted to the uh, or attracted to the community fish and the freshwater fish. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I I have never been either. I mean, they were cool looking, but it's nothing that I was really excited about because they were so small. I like I like go big or go home kind of guy. Me too, <laughs> me too. Well, you know, one of my one of my friends uh, who was actually a fish keeper. I don't think he keeps fish anymore, but he told me if you keep guppies or or platies or or any of those smaller stuff, then you might be half a man. <laughs> you, you might as well just pack your stuff up and put your balls in your wife's purse and go on. <laughs> uh, that's his opinion, though, and I I, I uh, disagree with him because a lot of people have different tastes. So I, I don't think the same way he did. It's well, funny, it's, though. I, I mean, if you take some perspective and you do the guppy, like fancy guppy thing, and you're really breeding them, and you got 10 tanks, and you're trying to breed them out to get the perfect guppy. Okay, that's not such a bad deal, but having guppies and all these little fish in the tank, it's just kind of a really girly thing, honestly. <laughs> I, know, I know, I agree 100% with you. But if they, if they breed for this guy and the guy makes a lot of money, he's doing a great thing, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's doing good stuff with that. I mean, he must be supporting a different hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, what else do you have in the 125? Uh, let's see, I'm looking at it right here. It's a, a, a tiger datnoid, uh, a red-tailed catfish, and a biker, and I think that's it. There's only three fish. Uh, so... What what are you gonna do with that uh, red tail? He'll be he'll be real home to uh, somebody that has a much larger tank than I've got. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I've had him for a while. I know he's gonna I know he's gonna get like four feet. Oh yeah, no, I was just asking because I know you know because you've talked about him before on a previous episode, and I was just kind of curious. I was like, well, what are you gonna do with him? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's small still. He's only about nine inches now. Holy smokes, that's pretty big. Yeah. No, I mean like <laughs> I I haven't seen one that size before. That's pretty big. Yeah, surprisingly, I got him like like back in August at two inches. He's about nine inches now. I feed him Holy more raw crap. shrimp. I feed him raw shrimp. I feed him krill. I feed him bloodworms, chicken hearts, and stuff like that. <laughs> Make a big old fat. <laughs> He's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> you got a name for him? Yeah, his name is Cleo. Cleo, that's cool, man. Cleo the catfish. <laughs> He's actually right here next to the driftwood, looking at us from the man, you got you gotta post a picture later. I gotta see that. <laughs> I will. I'll take a picture of him tonight. <laughs> hey man, so I just looked up the tiger datnoid. That is a cool fish, man. Yeah, ask my brothers. I'm not a big fan of that in ways, but he loves them, so I think he can have one. Is he really big right now, or is he kind of small? He's small. 
He's only like two or three inches. Oh, wow. I was looking at the pictures, and it looks like they get pretty good size. Yeah, the, the surprising thing is my, my red tail doesn't eat live. He doesn't eat any small fish or anything. You got lucky on that one. <laughs> I put guppies in there, and, and the datanoid and bikers get to them. He won't touch the little fish. Nice. So, man, your discus, man, did you just kind of say, like, screw that because they were just kind of boring, or what happened with that? Yeah, I, 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 I never liked discus. I fell into the hype that uh, a lot of people are telling me that discus were such great fish and and stuff, and they were so awesome. So I, I believed them, and I tried them out myself. They're all right. They're not the next best thing, or they're not the best fish that are out there on the market. Maybe that's just my perspective, but they're kind of expensive, too expensive for my liking. And I'm, I'm saying that as a guy that spent about three hundred and forty dollars for a saltwater tank, and I'll be spending some more money. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they just hide in the corner all day, and they just stay there. And you can't even, can't even uh, wear a black shirt or have your lights on because they'll freak out and get skittish. So I think discus are are good fish if you're if you're not going to be active with your tank. Because they hate when you put your hands in the tank. You gotta watch what you put with them, and you gotta wa- and you gotta make sure you got regular water parameters, and you really should have RODI water with discus and things like that. Plus, nine times out of ten, your discus are gonna be stunted from your fish store, and I learned that the hard way. I'm, not, I'm just not a big uh, discus guy. I don't like discus really. You know, I thought about it several times, and I talked to the wife, and I'm like. I want a discus tank, but, the, you know, I, I kind of have the same outlook as you. Is They're kind of just chill. They just sit there. And I like a lot of movement in my tank. I, I mean, I, I'm not real big on just chill fish. Cause they really never come out if they just hang out. They're just hiding under rocks and stuff. I'm not digging that. Um, I I totally agree with you on that. It's not a fish for me anyway. I I thought they were going to be a fish for me because they had the, the color and stuff. And people were telling me that they were like a biggest thing in freshwater in 2015, so I had to try it. I I liked it the first couple of weeks, but when they started getting really skittish because I turned on the aquarium light and and uh, they were, weren't eating all the foods I had. I had to buy expensive food. I was like, ah, I'm not going to keep fish like this. No, they, lost my they, may, they may be for discus hans or... The other dude, but they're they're just not my kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of people love them, especially the Asians and the and the Germans and the French. They love their discus, and that that's good for them. I just love I just love like the uh, the easier and beautiful and not so skittish fish. Right. What about your uh, arowana, man? What uh, what happened with your arowana? One day he decided to take the leap of fame and he wanted to see what was on the other side of the aquarium and I guess he found out the hard way that there's nothing there but dry dry air. No way. Yeah, that sucks. Man, but he was he was a cool marijuana. He was in my discus tank, so I think that my water is just a little bit too high for him. Ah, uh, I got you. So it may have freaked him out a little bit. The reason why yeah. I brought that up is because you know I looked up the tiger dance the tiger datanoid and so in this tank they have a uh, arowana a tiger datanoid and a blood parrot all in one tank this arowana is huge by the way 
And so that's why I was. That's why I asked you about that. I, I totally forgot about arowana. You know, you know. The funny thing is that arowanas are actually jumpers in nature, and that was the only arowana I ever had jump out on me. Never, ever, ever had another another one besides him jump out. Oh, do you have more besides him? In the past, yes, I have. I've had other ones besides him. Oh, okay. I've never had one. I think they're really cool fish, but they're kind of a uh, a only fish kind of tank kind of deal. That I yeah, understand anyway. You could have tank mates with the arowanas. So just kind of make sure they're too big to get eaten. Then oh, you know yeah, there's definitely. actually there's actually a smaller arowana on the market, but they're really hard to find. What are they? There's a they're called the Giardini arowana. They get pretty big oh, though. Really? They're like they get eighteen to twenty four inches, but they can be kept in like a one twenty. Oh wow, that's cool. I yeah, so if I, do they do they stay like more at the top, or do they will they come like in the middle or on the bottom, or what do they do? They they're top swimmers too. Matter of fact, most of the arowana species are all top swimmers. That's cool. I didn't realize that. Uh, like, like you know, because you want, you look at a lot of tanks and you see the arowana, and they're always at the top of the tank. So I didn't know if that was because they were com- people were coming to feed them, or if that's just kind of where they stayed. Yeah, they stay at the top usually. Sometimes they'll go down to the bottom, and that's usually when they're trying to get to a fish to eat or something. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's pretty cool. I'm glad you brought up the arowana because I was actually thinking about thinking about arowanas again. Kind of missed my old one. Yeah, they're really neat fish, man. Like I, don't, I wouldn't like what are the red arowanas? Or are they not the ones that you can't have in the United States? Yeah, those red ones, the green ones, the gold ones, all those Asian ones. Right now are, are illegal here, but I have heard that sometime in the next ten years they might be considered. Uh, they might legalize them, but who knows? Do you know why they don't legalize them? I mean, is there a reason? I've never ever figured it out. I don't know. I don't know why they uh, you can't have them here. They're huge money makers in Canada and the United Kingdom, so I think the United States should uh, make them available to the whole country. I don't know. I guess it's uh, import, and they're afraid that they're going to reach them in the wild. If I had to guess. That would suck, wouldn't it? <laughs> you're not catching bass anymore. You're catching arowana. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. There's, there's actually oh, uh, some South American fish that live in Florida, like red devils, Oscars, there's fleckos down here, pacus. <laughs> I think that's what they fear next will be arowanas. You, you know, uh, in, in, in an arowana, I mean, I understand they get huge, but to be honest with you, they're really beautiful fish. Yeah, they're they're actually uh, quite nice. I like them. If you ever, if anyone out there has a huge freshwater tank, I recommend an arowana. I think, oh, I think definitely they got, huge. They got quite the personality. Do they actually? Are they like Oscars? Are they like little puppies? Yeah, mine was. I got to, I, I was able to hand feed them and krill and things like that. He was cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you know, because I heard, I was I listened to an episode today of KG Tropicals, uh, John Hudson. Oh, awesome guy. Yeah, I, I listened to his episode today, and he was talking about 
how, uh, well, it wasn't an episode from today, but, you know, previous episode. And he was talking about arowana and how he had two, one for him, one for his wife. And one jumped out, and the other one, he quote-unquote said that, you know, he doesn't know for sure, but he thinks the other arowana got lonely because, I don't know, whatever, and kind of had remorse. He goes, I don't know if that's true or not, but. That's what it felt like, and then that arowana ended up dying. So uh, I thought that that was kind of neat. Oh, that sucks. Sad to hear. Oh, very much so. No, I just thought it was kind of cool the way he put it was uh, he, oh, that it was sad because the other arowana died, and so that arowana died without the other one. I just thought it was kind of kind of a neat story. You're, make, you're making me want another arowana now. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, if something ever happened to the Africans, I would definitely turn that two hundred into an arowana tank. You should you should uh you should like rehome your Africans and get an arowana and some South American stuff. Uh, that'll be in the future. My wife's over here laughing with the evil laugh, so I don't know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh you you're stuck with a wife. You can't do what you want now, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's okay though. Does she like fish? <laughs> oh, she loves the she loves the African. She likes her uh, trophies from Lake Tanganyika more than anything. Oh, that's cool. You're lucky uh, you got a you're lucky you got a woman that loves loves fish because most women don't like fish. Yeah, um, it kind of grew on her after a while because I, when I first started, I had that 55, and she would name all of them. And then after that, whenever I got into this house, I got more, and she couldn't keep up with naming them. So she's just like, I like my trophies, and then, then that's pretty much all she says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think she gets tired of hearing about fish, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, my mom doesn't like fish either. She just lets me do my really? hobby. Yeah, she don't because she's... She's been she's been around it for all her life now with my dad and myself now. Oh man! <laughs> I bet she gets wore out with you talking about fish all the time. Yeah, actually, I've I've learned not to talk about fish in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so do you know uh, uh, arowana? Do you know how they whenever they breed? Are they mouth breeders or what do they do? Actually, it's really, really difficult to breed them in captivity. Uh, I've never, ever heard anyone say they've bred silver arowanas. I think that's what uh, the only place I've heard bred arowanas is the farms. But they are mouse brooders, so when they do have ba- when they do have babies, they come out as fry instead of eggs. Oh, really? That's yeah, pretty neat. Cool. That's what I've heard. I've, I've, I'm not 100% sure about that. Right, right. I'm not. We're, we're not quoting anybody on here. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty good that's, stuff. So, so your uh, uh, what what other like fish have you had besides those? Oh, I've had uh, you want like for monster fish? Yeah. Okay, I've had several of them before. I had uh, pakus. I've had some gars. Not a big fan of gars. Uh, what else? Hmm. I've had all the what large was wrong with the gar? Uh, I don't know. It was, it was just uh, it was cool. It was just too aggressive for my liking. It would used to kill every. It would uh. bite arowanas and kill them, and everything that would go to the top. It was too territorial for me. 
Yeah, I've had nobody several, has time I have, for that. Yeah. I've had several Pacus before. I like them too, but they're glass banger, bangers. And I think Pacus are probably the only monster fish that don't belong in the hobby. I was look, I actually just searched Paku, and they look like they got some massive teeth, and they get really huge. You know, they got the weight of like a five-year-old. They can actually punch through an aquarium if they wanted to. They're very, very wow. strong fish. and I, I feel that they should not be in the aquarium hobby, but yet I still see Thor selling them. Wow. I've never actually seen a Paku in a store before, to be honest with you. They're very, very popular up here in Springfield, Mass. If I, I love fed, the uh, crap out of Oscars. Yeah, Oscars are awesome. I think anyone should, anyone could have an Oscar as long as you've got like a 55 or bigger. I've had right. Eresin Sharks before, too. Those Eresin Sharks are cool, but they're very powerful, too. Oh, yeah, one one monster fish I did have that's kind of unique is a lungfish. A what? A lungfish. Lungfish? Those are those uh, unique fish that you, you probably would see on... Uh, National Geographic or Animal Planet, they're, they're able to breathe air. And they can live without, they can live without oh. water for like days. Oh, yeah. okay. I just looked it up on Google, man. These are really neat. <laughs> yeah, they're, they they're look cool. Like, they look like half snakes, half lizard, fish, tadpole. <laughs> they're, the, they're one of those fish you have to have their tank by themselves because they'll They'll bite and kill any fish and break the fish's bones. That's how strong their no mouths are. No way. Yeah, they have really strong mouths. <laughs> I learned that the hard oh, way. He decapitated oh, wow. He decapitated an shark when I had a, some fishing with him. <laughs> no way. I was, I was like, why is there a, a shark's head swimming at, the top, swimming at the top of the tank? And then I saw the shark's body decapitated. Oh, man. I was like, oh, man, the one fish is aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> better was, get rid of that, dude. That was when I was a beginner, though, so I didn't know any better. Uh, hey, you know <laughs> what? We all make mistakes, man. <laughs> uh, what, what what kind of water conditions do Oscars need? Or Did, did you have them with your arowanas as well? Yep, they, can, they do just fine with... Uh, Arowanas, although the common belief is that people go around telling other people that you can't have Oscars and Arowanas together, but I've done it successfully. I know some people from MonsterFishKeepers.com have done it, so you can't have Oscars and Arowanas together, but in order to have it successfully, uh, you have to make sure that your Arowana is bigger than your Oscars, but Oscars really are not picky about their water parameters. They can live in pretty much anything from 7.2 to 7.4 pH, and of course, very, very clean water, zero ammonia, and your nitrates and nitrites have to be perfect. Usually for nitrites, I'd say you should have it anywhere from 10 to 20 ppm. But Oscars, I'd say you should probably do a lot of water changes and have like the best filtration. Uh, Oscars are probably the only freshwater fish I'd recommend you have a sump or a really powerful canister filter on the tank, simply because I feel... That hang on the back filters. Uh, you, unless you have like the top quality hang on the back filters, we're really not going to cut it for an Oscar. I think you should have what a about like a, on an tank. What about a Penguin 350? Those are good. Uh, if you were going to have a hang on the back on an Oscar tank, I'd say you should have like a Penguin 350. Aqua Clears are the best for 
Aquaclears, if you were going to go hang on a back, would be the best choice for an Oscar tank. And the Penguin 350s. That's, that's pretty cool. You, you know, in the future, I'd really like to have Oscars, man, but at the moment I can't. I mean, I, I love the fact that Oscars, I mean, they just seem like such awesome fish. They're not, there's not, seems like a lot of color, but a lot of, per se, personality, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's true. Well, you could probably throw in a 200 gallon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I better not. I better not. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You probably could if uh, you found a really big one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they're just really aggressive. They would tear they would tear him up. I I, I would think because they they they're pretty uh, like aggressive as in like they nip your their fins off and everything else. I mean. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I, I have no experience with Africans, so you're probably right about them being so aggressive. I've only been in the hobby with Africans for about a year. Well, actually, probably a year and six months or something like that. But they're great fish. They're great color. They I don't know what I get out of them, to be honest with you, but I, I, I love them, and... It's kind of like your Oscars. You'll probably always go back to an Oscar, no matter what. Yeah, that's true. I was actually thinking about having an Oscar and some front torques in my 120. You could. I mean, I've never seen that done, man. As long as the front torques are big enough, I think you'll be good. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a cool tank for sure. You should you should uh try that out. You should get you need to get that Frontosa man that's at the pet store. Yeah, if he's still there, I'm, I'm most likely gonna grab him. If not, I'll just get he the chocolate splitter. Yeah, he's awesome. So, what other uh, monster fish have you had, man? Oh, let's see. Hmm, I've had a ton. I've I've been known as the monster fish guy when I was a teenager because that's all I used to keep. Let's see. Uh, I've had bikers, statinoids. Oh yeah, I've had a freshwater stingrays before. I've had my no way. Tor- yeah, I've had stingrays in my old six foot tank. I've had. I've had a couple of stingrays. I have some pictures Those on my face. Yeah, I got mine for like a hundred dollars a piece. Oh, that's one a was, deal. Yeah, one was a Matoro, and the other one was a leap. Uh, forgot what what it was called, but it was a. It was a hybrid. It was a Matoro time something else. But either way, I got him. that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I got him on Black Friday when I was really when I was really buying on impulse that day. But I had the big enough tank. I thought I did anyway, yeah. and I had my stingrays, which I found out they need a huge, a bigger tank, even if even bigger than a six foot tank. That the, they're they're amazing fish. Or, yeah. w- would you call them fish? Yeah, I would call them a fish. I think they're, yeah, they're they're fish. Sharks, are, sharks are a fish too. Believe it or not. You should check out uh, New England Aquarium. They got a huge uh, freshwater stingray tank, and they've got like many saltwater stingray tanks. I'm always in awe when I go there. I gotta I gotta go to an aquarium sometime. That'd be pretty exciting. Have you ever been one, been to one before? Um, I went to SeaWorld. 
<laughs> oh, you're lucky. I've never been there. I've always wanted to go there. It is a lot of fun, man. Sounds like a lot like of fun. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I'm going to have to let you go, Alex. I've got my work calling in here. All right, cool. So we'll we'll see you on Thursday. You're a great co-host. All right, man. Thank you, Okay. Man. You have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, so uh, my friend Donovan saves the day because I really did not know what to talk about on tonight's show since uh, my co-host show up tonight. So I think we're going to go ahead and end today's show. This was a great show. Thank you, Donovan, for calling in. And Donovan will be back next Thursday when we bring back uh, the Aquarium Talks Freshwater side. And uh, we'll, we'll also be here to host Man Cave. So I apologize for all my saltwater fishkeeping listeners. Uh, but I don't know where Salty Jay was tonight. But uh, next Tuesday we will uh, talk about the clownfish, tangs, and uh, gobies and angelfish, and I will find a guest for that show. I'm going to go out on a limb and search and search and search until I find a guest, or I will research and um, give you some uh, awesome discussion on these particular fish. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and end tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I had a lot of fun, and I hope you guys had a lot of fun listening to the show. Reminder, we've got some special episodes coming up for the American Variety Network tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to have a primetime baking Halloween show. And then on Thursday, we're going to have a WWE Zone radio show where I'm going to recap uh, Hell in a Cell from this past Sunday. Then Saturday, we're going to do a Halloween show. So make sure you guys check us out this week. All right, guys, have a great rest of your night. And thank you for tuning in to tonight's episode of the American Variety Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.